This is episode 11 of the Chick in Charge podcast with host Mary Parker. Today's guest is Vicki Hamilton, one of the few senior female African-American information technology executives in today's corporate world. Vicki Hamilton is known for designing new IT strategies to address old workplace problems. As an award-winning technology executive with over 20 years of senior-level experience, Hamilton's road to top tech authority was not an easy one. And once she landed inside the corporate world, things got even more challenging. A trailblazer for women in the male-dominated world of tech, Hamilton is a real chick in charge. Welcome to the Chick in Charge, All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hello, I'm Mary Parker. CEO of All-in-One Security, and I am also the chick in charge. I want to thank you for being here today. And Sarah, Sarah Smith, is my co-host, and she is the CEO of Solution Solution Road Incorporated. Incorporated. Very happy to be here, Mary. Thank you. Yes, and our lovely guest today is none other than Vicki Hamilton. And you're going to hear more about Vicki as we go through the show, and Sarah is going to direct us. I am just so happy to have Vicki here, and uh, I asked Mary if I could jump in on this one a little bit because um, Vicki and I met each other several years ago when <laughs> I was working at Turner Broadcasting in strategic planning, where all of the lead executives were white men all of them. And uh, Vicki came in as a head of strategic de- technology development and programs and processes, et cetera, for the entire company. And let me tell you, those, those guys were not happy to see her. <laughs> <laughs> they were very, they were a little I don't know. Were they scared of you? Maybe a little scared. Yes, it was. And Sarah, the word was probably a lot harder than intimidation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I made um, an appointment for each of the senior VPs to meet with Vicky, and I didn't. No one had asked me to do that. I was just like, this woman's like in charge of technology for the entire company. You need to meet with her, and. Um, they were like, why do I need to meet with her? I'm like, she's important. So, <laughs> and Vicki, how was, how was that coming in to, I mean, Turner is a great company and they've done so many things, especially for Atlanta. But, but coming in to that male-dominated sphere, especially as a, as a technology process executive, how, how was that? Well, you know, Sarah, it's really interesting because when I started at Turner, I began in a department that never, ever existed before. Right, right. You were Remember? the first one. They created so that job we for you. asked to create this department yeah. to help the technology organization to truly understand strategically where they were investing, why they were investing, yeah. and what the prioritization of that investment was going to be. Yeah. So can, if you can imagine, you know, as we worked together and we were talking about 
prioritization, each one of these business leaders, these white men that are sitting around that you're having to tell whether you can or you can't work on a particular project, whether we were going to invest or not invest. Not only did I have to have a position of being confident, I had to have a position of understanding the business. Right. What impact of doing that particular project or initiative was going to have on the overall technology and business. Right. Because if I couldn't justify that, we couldn't do it. Yeah. So it was hard being the only one around the table. It was hard being a woman that they would look at. And, you know, you talk about intimidation. I don't know if it was so much of intimidation as do you really expect me to really listen to what she has to say when I've been here for so long? So there was resentment there. So there was a little bit of, I think it was, you know, you can call it a little bit of resentment, but I think it's a little more of adjusting to change. How do I adjust to the fact that we created this new department and it's a change in the way the organization is going to make decisions and move forward? Right. So I think that change meant, oh my gosh, not only do I have to have someone tell me whether I can or can't, but they don't look like me. They are different than I am, and they have not been here in this company as long as I have. Because as you know, Turner has a lot of longevity when it comes to employees. Mm -hmm. So that presented the other issue. Right. You know, was really, so I think it was really about the adjustment to that change as well. Yeah, Turner definitely has, it, it had a really amazing culture that I found to be a lot of fun in the early 90s. And then, um, like I said, when we were not on the, when we were not recording, um, I left that company and came back many years after Time Warner had purchased it, and the culture was completely different, completely different. Um, And I can see how that would be challenging to fit Mm -hmm. in. But one thing that you do have in very strong, it's a very strong thread in common with uh, the chicken chard Mary Parker is the technology piece and also being the only woman leading in that area because Mary is the CEO of All-in-One Security, which is all about a suite of technologies to commit to action. And and uh, Vicki, I would just like to chime in here just for a moment because I can certainly understand where you were going into this male-dominated society I too, in security, everywhere I went, I was the only female and many times the only black in the room. And when we talk about confidence, you are going to get eaten alive if you go into a room like we did (laughs) and you're not overly prepared. So we love that. I also would like to just share a couple of story, a story with you in terms of my experience in the male-dominated world from a security perspective. Here's the thing that always amazes me, is because they have been there and we weren't there when we show up, they don't expect that we are prepared. As a result of that, they like to refer to us as their minority or their female or are they anything other than the experts that we are? 
to bring onto their team. We go in with experience first because we know we would never ever receive a seat at the table if only we're there because of being a female or a minority. So the expertise that we have gathered over the years, I'm sure you would also agree, has been invaluable. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing I believe we women who choose that career path have to also be aware of is that we don't go in fighting them. We go in respecting them. Because once we prove ourselves within the industry, there is no better or greater respect than once we earn that respect from our male colleagues. So that's very, very important. And I applaud you. I was listening to a show one day and I heard uh, Quincy Jones. <laughs> Quincy Jones made a great analogy. And here's what he said about being the first and being number one. He says being number one you will hold that position for a while. Others will come along to replace you, and you'll become some other number. But when you're first, when you're the first at bat and do a grand slam, that position holds forever. Absolutely. So congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, I couldn't have said it better, Mary. Um, it's uh, when you're sitting around the table and you're prepared, and that's what I would tell anybody, whether you're a woman you know, whether you're a minority, I don't care what you're doing. To be an expert in your field and to be prepared is the number one key. It and is. that's why I believe my success and my opportunity there was um, totally around the fact that I took the time to understand the business, to understand what was important so that I could present that to each person, you know, as we were making decisions to move forward. I saw you doing that, definitely. <clears throat> Very quickly, <laughs> actually. You were, you were, um, the starting pad was, or the launch pad for you was maybe about two inches long. <laughs> it <laughs> really sweet, was. There, no, you. I'm serious. There Thank was no, you. uh, she's, she's got to get to know the, the company. It was like, okay, boom, go, go. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. So Sarah, excuse me, uh, Vicki, would you please share with me what value do you believe you possess now that you acquired from your very first job? And what was that job? I am so glad you asked that question. My very first job, I worked at um, Cargill, which is one of the largest agricultural companies in the world. Yep. And Cargill was the type of organization that even though you were going into technology, you did not touch one piece of code. You didn't do any kind of analysis. You didn't touch a piece of, of equipment until you learned how each one of the businesses operated. Wow. So you want to talk about going into um, a poultry department where you actually had to go to the farm and you had to work in the poultry area? I did that. Oh, my God. When you talk about working in, in steel and wire and you had to go work on the plant floor and understand the manufacturing and how all that worked, I did that. I love wow. it. So every single business that you had to, that you were going to operate with, you had to learn and understand. Do you think that's a good process to start with? Absolutely. 
And I think what it did is, is it gave me the foundation to understand how important technology is an enabler, not a leader. Mm. We should be enabling technology for what's the best use for the business and the organization and not saying we're going to build a widget or do a product or a service just because. Right. So it gave me the understanding of how important that is. And I think from that point forward, I never walked into an organization where I didn't want to understand how does it work. Wow. You are so on point with that. So absolutely on point. And I'm going to, because of the similarities here, I'm going to keep my examples directed to the automobile industry. Okay. Okay. Now, when I went into the automobile industry, it was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd grown up with an automobile mechanic, and he was the best in West Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always good when we're going into those environments of the unknown to have a few secrets of our own. Absolutely. That was mine. Amazing. Whenever I got stuck on that manufacturing floor, I'd call my uncle. And he'd walk me through steps for troubleshooting. But you know what I learned from that? Was if you can't put it together, if you can't put it back together, don't tear it apart. Wow. But that is because of the instructions. There is an end result in mind for someone with everything that we do. So we have to be very mindful of that all the time. Right. But those were some trying days for me. <laughs> it wasn't just that I had to learn the manufacturing processes, right? Right. But I had all of these people who were already in the department waiting for me to come because they knew that this young black girl was going to fail and that was their intention. But mine was different. And I always remember something an elderly man said to me when I was about 15 years old, and I owned it. He said, if it is to be, it is up to me. So learning that department, how it functioned, the personalities of the people was absolutely invaluable for a starting position in a male-dominated society. Absolutely. And I think anytime you go into organizations, um, I think the interesting thing about my career is that uh, every job I ever had, I was asked to be a creator. So I started it from scratch. So I was a builder. So even when I was at um, Cargill, I was asked to go into a department that they had just started. It was for underwriting insurance, and they asked me to build the operations area for it. So everything that I've done since then, I've taken the risk of doing something that no one else has ever done and taking an opportunity to create it and build it. So when you go into that type of situation and you're really learning the business and having to create, you're having to make sure that you dot all your I's and cross all of your T's. And for the information Say that again, that, Vicky. Dot all of your I's <laughs> and cross all of your T's. Now, I'm going to take a um, <laughs> moment here to just send a shout out to our millennials. Ooh, that is absolutely critical. Now, you guys who who are listening to us think we probably make it sound easy to you, but it was not easy at all. However, these are nuggets. This is wisdom that we're passing on to you. Always dot your I's and cross your T's to ensure that you are delivering your absolute best every time. Great, great, great advice. I wanted to jump to something if that's on track with this 
uh, with this line of, of thought. I hope it is. Um, we, we sent you a, a little questionnaire to, to fill out. And I wanted to jump to your question of, of what would your younger self tell your older self? <laughs> Which I, I love that because um, I think about that all the time. Uh, I think about that 24-year-old who was, you know, trying to, to make her way um, in the world. And you, what you put here about um, never stop learning about the generation after yours. That's right. Is right on par with what Mary just said. So I would love to hear about your, your view on that. Absolutely. Um, I believe that every person on this earth is born with a gift. And everybody with a gift has an opportunity to share it. Right. I don't care what age you are or what you um, or where you've been, because we all have a journey and a personal story. And I believe that as we continue to get experience, experience is one thing. Understanding different perspectives is another. And even though they're a generation behind and they don't have the amount of um, professional experience you may have or may not have been exposed, they come in with fresh ideas to help you look at things in a different way. Right. And if we take the opportunity to really sit down and talk to them and ask them questions and get their views, we can get better solutions. Right. It may not be exactly what they say, but a combination of a, what I call a building block. Because as I would tell my kids, my grown men now, <laughs> but as I would tell my kids when we were talking, I would ask their point of view. And even though we may not do exactly what they said, I might say, well, can we take a piece of this and a piece of what mommy said and let's put it together and build a block? Right. And then therefore we can come to an agreement about how we want to move forward. I think we need more of that. Right. And I think every young person needs to also be a sponge. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to grow. I want to know more. You know, I um, every year we have the Mary Parker Foundation Gala. And one of the reasons, and I'm so careful and intentional about our honorees, is because on that stage we actually acknowledge five generations. Wow. Now, the intent mm. there is to take my rising stars, yes. pair them with our legendaries, mm -hmm. and allow them to build new blocks. Mm -hmm. So smart. Yes. So, so smart. and that way, they're getting what they need to continue on in life, and our younger people are getting that wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the key components, Sarah, that I hear over and over. If they have the wisdom, to go with all the things that they know today, this world would be so far more advanced. Absolutely. That Absolutely. sounds like a very valid um, approach and a valuable experience that there probably aren't enough of right now. And I think that's why it's so important that when we talk about mentoring, right? And we all have heard that, you know, it's good to get a mentor. I truly believe that you need to have mentors that look like you, don't look like you, right. older than you are, younger right. than you are, et cetera. And I think that it's important for our, our younger generation to also understand that a mentor is there to help to guide and to lead you, but there's a difference between a mentor and a sponsor. Right. Absolutely. Where that sponsor would actually go and want to help you 
um, to move forward. That sponsor might be at the table and you don't even know they're sitting there, yep. which is why the impact of what you do as an individual is so important. And that's where we get into the organizational alignment. We get into the non, you know, into the non-technical areas, but into the soft skills. It's really important that we um, understand how to apply our soft skills as well. So it's not just enough to go in there with the competency and the knowledge around the table, but it's how do you show up? How do you deliver your message? How do you fit? And we all hear about cultural fit. So I think those are some of the things that also play a role as you start talking about pairing up the younger generation with the older generation. There's so much to be learned. And um, I think the other piece of advice that I would give to anyone, uh, to myself younger, is that get a board of directors. Your board of directors is a cross um, team that is really your confidants. They're going to tell you the truth. Right. They're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're really going to be honest where you can go to them and you can present problems, challenges, issues, get suggestions. So you should have your board of directors that's very, very close knit with you. And that board of directors will be your guidance throughout as you continue to go through your career. So I think there's many tools and avenues that we can help, but that's what I would tell myself, my younger self, you know, <laughs> that's what I would have told myself as to what I needed to right. do that I didn't necessarily do. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that, that was a great example uh, that you just gave, Vicki, and I like the fact that you distinguished between the mentor. The mentor, you're still in your learning stages, but as an advisor, excuse me, as a sponsor, you're able to deliver because no one's going to take a chance on you that you haven't proven to them. And it's so wonderful to have people working for you at night when you're sleeping. This has been a great session. I have so enjoyed the time with you today because we have so many things in common. I didn't realize that before today. And Sarah, thank you so much for enlightening and bringing so much of the talents that Vicki possess out to me as well as our viewing audience today. I um, I agree with, with you completely on what you have in common. You both have so much in common, but I'm still, I'm thinking about Vicki and, and her process and her processes and how she continually thinks in process, which is really interesting. So I'm gonna, we're gonna have to go to lunch. I wanna hear more about this. I would love to, and I just wanna thank you, Mary, for the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with you and Sarah. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, it's been a great conversation. Yes, it has, and you know what? We're going to have to have you back as well. Absolutely. Well, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. There's so much more to talk about. So much more. And next time, we're going to delve into the chicken charge that resides within you. All righty. And I look forward Amen. to it. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.